Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by marketingops.com, powered by the MoPros. Did I get it right, Mike? Oh, you did. Yes. I love it. I love All the right. pivot. Yeah. So I like I for our audience listening, like I actually have notes and I'm like, I forgot to change it, but I did it on the fly. That's how a professional <laughs> podcaster works. <laughs> professional podcasting goes. I love it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I can't ever lose you as the as the professional podcast host. Your bar is very low, Mike. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, we are we are super lucky. We're we're unfortunately we don't have Naomi with us today. Um, but uh got lots of fun plan stuff planned with all of us over over the next uh, couple of months as we wrap up 2022 the year of the MoPro. Um but today we Mike and I get the the pleasure we may have to opt for ease here to Rizzo and Hartman but uh to join us is uh to talk about the the you know the broken nature of marketing project management which is for those who listeners know that I like I can it's one of the couple of soapboxes I will get on is talking about project management. But joining us to talk about that is Amara Omaregi. Sorry. I, God, I practiced it like crazy. I still got it wrong. <laughs> you sounded great. You did awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you so, so, so you can tell she's already like gracious. President of Amara, Amara Reps. So she has an inbound sales and marketing agency. We had talked about Amara Reps. She's also a speaker. She has a passion for using her expertise and strategic approach from working with and supporting a vast number of companies from Fortune 500 businesses to building startups and small businesses. She's been able to help companies generate and raise millions of dollars in capital through investment and product and service sales. Her vision is to create an environment where entrepreneurs and businesses can obtain top quality sales, marketing slash revenue operations and implementation support, but can also have access to resources and education for the latest marketing and business development best practices that they need to employ for their innovation, innovative brands and products. So Amara... Thank you for being gracious and thanks for joining us today. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> well, good. So I think I know I'm I'm excited about this conversation. It is definitely an area that I think um, is an under underappreciated part of marketing operations is project management and probably marketing overall. So, uh, like, I want to get dive dive in, but before we do that, why don't we start with like you sharing with our audience, our listeners, a little bit about your kind of career background and uh, because I was looking and kind of prepping for this, right? You have an interesting, I think, path to where you got to where you started this business and why, how that ties into a passion about project management. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I started out in sales when I was 19 years old. I worked for Toyota, which was a very interesting experience. So I brought my sales background into uh, marketing. When I started out in marketing, I worked for several companies and a few agencies, uh, lots and lots of uh, bigger companies uh, when I worked on the agency side. And one of the things that brought me into the project management piece was first and foremost, even with the presence of project managers, I felt like it was a bit of the wild, wild west. It was a bit of a free-for-all. Everybody kind of just does what they need to do to kind of get what they think needs to be done. And, you know, those uh, things are constantly shifting day to day, minute by minute, hour by hour, and depending on who you talk to. 
conversation to conversation. <laughs> it's the GSD methodology. Get yeah, shit yeah. Done. Right. The get shit done. Yes. Yeah. And then we wondered, <laughs> are, how much shit is actually getting done, right? right. Uh, and so, you know, as an OGC owner, as someone who's worked on marketing teams, uh, I think that's just been the question, like, which shit is getting done? Is it the right stuff that's getting done? And uh, who's actually doing it? Because we all know when we don't have a way to manage it, things fall through the cracks quite easily. And so um, I actually worked as a project manager in several roles at other agencies and other marketing companies. And I just always noticed that even when I had other project management colleagues, we always did things differently. Uh, and it was really hard to just align as a team, let alone as an organization, on what we need to be doing. Um, and so when I started my own agency, it was interesting because I work with other agencies. We'd white label our services uh, sometimes. And the bigger the agencies and companies, the bigger of a, we can say shit show. Because it was the it's bigger the shit show. You can't. <laughs> the bigger the shit show that project management was. Not even just project management, but just the ability to get things done. Uh, business owners underestimate how long it takes to do things and don't appreciate, you know, strategy and the approach and all the things that we do to get things done. Uh, lots of things, a lot of mistakes happen because things aren't documented, just all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just knew there had to be a better way. And so I studied lots of different methodologies and I just didn't like chaos, honestly. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I've just tried to inject project management where the project management lacked in a lot of those uh, instances. So I really, at some point I want to get, get circle back to the don't like chaos part because there's a part of me that I like the structure and having the, having the structure there, but I also don't like the other extreme that is the opposite of chaos where you can't get anything done because you're spending all your time with the process, not the actual work. That part. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're in the same boat there. Um all right, so let's so let's talk about why don't we start just at a high level because you have done this, you've studied, you've done a lot of work with different agencies and businesses. You know, from your stand that standpoint, like what are and maybe I touched on something right there, which is like what are those like major lessons or recommendations you've learned over time that that you could share with our listeners about how to approach project management, maybe in an environment where it is chaotic. And you're a marketing ops person, maybe your team of one, and you're just trying to juggle everything. Like, how do you inject that into the organization? Well, first, I'm going to touch on what you what you had just said about having things be too strict so that you can get nothing done, right? Because there definitely is you have to strike a, a balance between the two, right? Um, number one, first lesson I would say would be prioritize the needs of your team and organization. I think a lot of times when I work with project managers and other marketing teams or um, even project managers that I've worked under, they want things to be their way. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's what's best for the team and what's best for the organization. And I'm I'm usually not a huge fan of that because a lot of times we don't take into consideration of the needs of the different types of uh, talent that's on the team and the different departments that we're working within. Uh, one of my mentors and one of the things I learned in leadership training was Walt Disney had to understand every single aspect of everyone he worked with in order to build Disneyland and Disney World and see motion pictures out, right? And so I think project managers that tend to be a little bit too rigid need to, need to prioritize the needs of the team and the organization. And anyone that's championing any project manager needs to make sure that they're doing what's best for the organization and not themselves, especially when it comes to task organization, prioritization, and so on and so forth. 
I'm being very PC in that statement. So, uh, like, so for our <laughs> listeners, you're laughing. Like, like you're laughing. laughing. I'm like smiling, <laughs> nodding my head, like, yep, uh, all that. Yeah. Hashtag truth. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> when the show goes to video mode, it's going to be like, everybody's going to be like, oh, that's what their faces are doing oh every time. <laughs> it's going to be like, I'm not sure that's going to be a good thing. I'm going to face, as they say, I'm face for radio, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, I'd say the second lesson would be just keep things simple, break things down to the ridiculous, right? Because I think that there's uh, a lot of details that get missed and we spent with a lot of time having to go back to fix things. Um, a lot of people do things differently. And so just making sure that we're all doing the most important pieces uh, each and every time we approach something, not reinventing the wheel every time we do the same things over and over again, right? Um, don't bite off more than you can chew, right? Be clear on what you can chew, right? Um I think some of us have different personality types. Some of us tend to be more uh, like, yes, person, thank you for giving me a task. I'll do whatever you get in front of me. And some people are like, don't want to do anything, right? And so just having a clear understanding of what you can and can't do. And then also as a project manager, setting expectation for how long it takes to do things so that if some, it takes someone a little bit longer to do something, maybe it's a skill gap, maybe it's a training gap, maybe it's they're not clear on what they're doing, maybe it's miscommunication, who knows, right? Um, you have a baseline for how long it takes to do things generally, you know, if there, as long as there aren't any uh, crazy extenuating circumstances, right? Um, things will always take longer than we estimate more often than not, right? And so allowing us a little bit of wiggle room, right? And not planning down to the minute of our day, just giving ourselves a little bit of breathing room in case things slip through the cracks or th- new things get added or things change. And last but not least, let data be your guide. I think there's mm-hmm. way too many opinions about what marketing should be doing, what who should be doing what, and so on and so forth, what's effective, what isn't, what's working, how long things take, et cetera, et cetera. I think as project managers, we have to be really disciplined about the data. And I think a lot of project managers haven't even looked at their data and they're like, data, project management, what are you even talking about? Uh, so it's so <laughs> funny. I, so for our listeners, like I'm just coming into this recording, having been at um, some offsite planning and leadership meeting kind of stuff and, and team building exercises. And part of what we did was uh, we did Myers-Briggs. So you, for whatever you think about that, but it was interesting to do it as a group. And I, I was telling people from a leadership standpoint, like I, I, I have to, I always have to check myself because I know I'm optimistic. I try to be realistic, but I tend to be overly optimistic. I'm, I'm it's what's resonating here is where I'm getting to is that, some of those things you just described, I think, apply not only to project management, to leadership too, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of time management. I think there's that the idea that like there's you could do anything, right? And you can try to take on more and more, and then it's not always the right thing to do, right? And that's the the real difficult thing. I think as marketers, right, a lot of what we would do is human behavior, center on human behavior, right? It's data human behavior and all these different things. And I think we sometimes miss that with a look at the human behaviors within our own teams as well. I, I That reminds me so much that it was one of our early shows, early episodes with, with Brandy Sanders. And she talked about the, the, the things that she would recommend people learn for getting into marketing ops. One of them was learn how to play chess, which I think gets to like the strategy and thinking bigger picture. The other was learn about human psychology Mm-hmm. Human behavior. So I, it's really interesting that you're bringing that up because it's, you know, it's not the first time we've heard that with one of our guests. I do think that at the end of the day, project management is equal parts, obviously planning projects and so on and so forth. And it's getting people to actually do those products and things like that. 
And so um, when you have systems and things like that to kind of offset people's natural uh, tendencies, <laughs> natural, natural tendencies will get, the, get in the way of success. And so when you can recognize those things, you can put systems in place to make sure that everything stays on rails. So people don't let their own stuff get in the way of things getting done or moving forward. Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here, and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might have guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelibets. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Yeah, the the one challenge that I've always had with like project management, you know, call it, it, it blending project management and campaign ops, so to speak, um, is, you know, by way of example, right. From, from my, my past <laughs> roles and all of that, I get hit up and it says, you know, Hey, we put this request in, you know, 30 days ago. Like, what's the status of it? It's like, well, <laughs> Uh, we don't know what it is that you actually want. And so, I, you know, I think there's this challenge that comes with uh, transparency around what's the team doing, is what the team is working on, as you sort of said, like the right stuff. Uh, how do you communicate that back out to your organization so that they can have some sense of like, you know, no one's just sitting on their hands and twiddling their thumbs like there's work being done. Um but how do you push back the right way to say when that question comes in, it says like, Hey, this thing was put in forever ago, you know, what's going on here. Um, how do you then sort of prioritize and champion? Like, look, this is in like, you know, this is what the team's doing and here's, here's where it sort of falls in or, Hey, it hasn't been prioritized and here's the reasons why. Uh, and I think what often comes up is, I think as I, as I reflect on some of the examples that I've had is these requests will come into your queue for maybe this new campaign or this new program that you want to put out into the world or, or some sort of new asset that needs to be created for the team. And, um, the context is missing, you know, the individual making the request doesn't necessarily know what it is that is needed in order to fulfill on the actual deliverable. And so project management in my mind and and marketing's responsibility is is equal parts having to train the team on hey as you go to make this request here's all of the inputs that you need to provide to us and here's why you need to provide them so that we can actually deliver on something in a relatively 
you know, timely manner, right? It's within our limitations of whatever it is that we're working on or the, you know, resource constraints that we're faced with. But like, if you don't take the responsibility as an organization to hire somebody to serve that function, or at least, I mean, I hope you hire someone to serve the function, but at least give somebody the responsibility to like say, hey, you need to teach the entire organization how to make a good request of this program, of this team, so that we can go build something. And that that is like, I don't know, it's a part of project management, but it's like, so like starting to go outside and it's like, how do you even deal with that? And, and I know you probably deal with this regularly, Mara, so. Absolutely. And in my latest blog for marketing ops that I wrote, I touched on that briefly. Who yeah. should own this project management function? And what is it that they're actually supposed to be doing, right? And I know in the marketing ops report, say the marketing um, ops per report, um, there's a lot of really great information in there that kind of ties into what you're talking about. I think that marketing, marketing operations, project, marketing project management in and of itself needs to be better defined, first and foremost, right? It can't just be someone that's good at marketing that gets thrown in to make master checklists, right? Yeah. yeah. But so often, I think that's people are expected because they're running it, running a campaign or running an event that they should also be good at doing all the other components of project management besides just actually executing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so without proper training and let me, let me back up for a second. So way back in the day when I was 16, um, a gentleman from my church allowed me to work from him, work for him in his law office. And so I was kind of just interning, but I got to understand how they organized things. Every time we answered the phone, we answered it the exact same way. Every time a piece of paper came into that law firm, it had a place. And I knew exactly where that place was based on the piece of paper it was. If it didn't fit any of those 100 criteria for that piece of paper, I'd go ask somebody and they'd tell me where it would go or they'd make something up that was new, right? And I look at marketing and we don't have that structure. We don't have that. There is no go-to like structure for marketing professionals as a whole. And so we're, that's why there's just inevitable chaos, right? Where does someone go to learn all this stuff, right? how to teach your teams how to work with marketing teams, right? Because they don't have that education either. And so to Mike's point, right, your, your team doesn't know how to ask for requests. They're going to send it every which way. They're like, we just had this great idea. Come on, marketing, do your magic, right? And we make it look easy. And then you're <laughs> just like, okay, we just know this is a fly-by-night idea. If they hit us up next week, we might, if they, they'll maybe forget it by next week. So hopefully we can just keep doing what we're doing. That if happens up so again, much. <laughs> if they keep, Listen. Open a prayer. That's the new, that's the other methodology, right? <laughs> right. Oh, if I we didn't just see like, that. Oh, I must have deleted that email. Sorry. That's uh, what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. So there's tools and there are things that you can put in place to alleviate that. Um, but again, they're not taught this. They're just kind of like thrown at the wolves and they will just like make all the requests happen. Let's go, right? And so like FLAs, for example, right? Service level agreements, internal service level agreements, right? We think about marketing ops and sales ops, rev ops, whatever. And we use those day-to-day -to, -day to make sure that marketing is generating the right leads for sales, that sales agrees are good leads. And then we use those for on the sales side and so on and so forth to make sure that, you know, sales is answering the calls or calling people back in a certain amount of time, whatever, right? We have SLAs to kind of keep everything balanced. When it comes to execution, we don't think of project management as an ops function, right? And if we did, we'd actually look at data and we look at it, we'd give it a data-driven approach to how we even take in requests 
Like we use ClickUp and there are forms within ClickUp. If someone needs business cards, just create a stupid form so that they're like, hey, I need business cards. And you're just like, well, what do you want on it? And it becomes a stupid back and forth, right? You create a system for submitting business cards, right? And they just fill in this info and then it gets created. Boom. All the friction's eliminated, all the back and forth. Boom. Done. Right. But we don't create these systems to ease our life. We're just like, oh, God, another request in this other department. Right. But if we start to compartmentalize and start to think of these requests in, in buckets and create service level agreements, right? Like, hey, if you submit a request, we will respond within 24 hours that we received it. Like, we don't even have to talk to you. We're just going to respond that we got it. Within 72 hours, we'll report back on what our plan is to execute or set up an appointment to go over it and get more details about your project, right? Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of little SLAs that you can put in place to protect that so that your teams can know what to expect from you. So if they know after 24 hours, they haven't heard from somebody, ding, 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 something's wrong. They probably lost my request. Or within 72 hours, if we haven't had a meeting or they haven't given me a due date, a project plan, or we haven't had a meeting yet, then my project's not getting done. Period. End. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, you've mentioned data, like data is part of like informing. I think I think it's more about informing project management. I want to get to that. One of the things I've struggled with is in when it comes to project management and the things. I think it kind of falls into a couple different levels, right? There's like big, big sort of strategic projects that hopefully are part of an overall goal and objective for your team or the marketing organization, right? Implementing a new big system, right? Um, or revamping what you're doing with your marketing automation. Then you've got um, sort of, I think I think of it as sort of, I'll call medium-sized things. So it might be like supporting an omni-channel campaign, right? From a campaign ops standpoint and the reporting goes with it. Or it might be, you know, we need to, fix the integration between our systems or we need to change uh, the way we were tracking sources for leads. Yeah. Relatively small. And then you've got like very tactical, like almost ticket like stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So those are like, to me, it's like three levels that I've seen. Everywhere. I want to send an email to the database. <laughs> right. Um, but, but then on top of that, then you have personal, it's like time management. And I think a lot of what I see a lot of people struggle with is how, like not really treating those as different things. And in my experience, I haven't seen great tools that do all of those well. So I'm curious, like, have you seen things that work well, kind of across, like at those different levels of complexity and size and scope and time and and if so, like I'm all ears because I still am in search of something that could do it all. So, so oh, go ahead. wait. So the question is, can there be project portfolio management that has some sort of tie in to global KPIs, and then all the sub projects and micro tasks and people management all roll up to the like sort of there's a connection between all that? If I'm if I'm painting that, that is back. thank you. Yes. <laughs> I happen There's, to work for an organization that used to make project management software. So, uh, see? <laughs> so I have like a very like uh, what is it tip of the iceberg exposure to the concepts, but right, <laughs> right. And so we all know how brilliant SaaS companies are at selling their prod products, but not so great at helping people use their products well. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, I true. wrote that piece like ten years ago, so don't worry about that. <laughs> You're fine. So let me actually, that's actually two different, two completely different things I'm going to address. So first and foremost, when you stop focusing on the software and focus on the methodology 
and your approach, it becomes a lot easier to kind of understand what you need. And so first and foremost, like there's how tasks get done and how people need to work within those tasks. And then there's how tasks are created or originated, right? And so when you, when you think of it, when you think of it that way, it becomes a little bit more, less about the software and more about um, like, here's how our team needs to be able to operate. Is this software going to be able to sustain and support us in the way that our team operates? So what is it that your team needs in order to be able to operate well and operate efficiently? You need to be able to prioritize. So there's the project manager's prioritization, then there's the organization's priorities and team's priorities. Will this, will our approach work within this tool? Most companies don't have an approach, so they can't make it work within the tool. It's not going to matter which tool they use. You can use a million tools and it wouldn't matter because you don't have a methodology. You don't have a way of working that you can just say, oh, okay, cool. I can use this like function or integration or feature or whatever to support the way we do this, that, you know, whatever. So um, without that, you are going to fail at implementing any kind of tool and getting any kind of adoption because everybody's just going to approach it every which way. And then the SaaS companies don't really have um, even ones, even marketing project management tools that are made for marketers don't really have an approach that they can teach you so that you can leverage the software appropriately. So we had to come up with our own because we acknowledged that this was the problem. So we first came up with the methodology because we started using ClickUp and we were just like, we can't figure this out. Like, <laughs> there's so much that we could do with it. And then we right. realized but it it's, wasn't it's the so tool. Flex- so flexible that you could make it do just about anything. Correct. But they couldn't really guide you to what was the best way to use it for your scenario. Correct. Yeah. And so we helicoptered up a little bit and thought, okay, how do we need to use the software? And so we took our experience with Agile, Scrum, getting things done, all those things. And we just came up with the methodology. We came up methodology for how we our teams use the project or our teams need to work, right? Because software can't do everything, right? Software is not going to set your SLAs. The software is not going to tell you how many productive hours each team member has on your team. Software is not going to tell you how to hand off a task. You need to have a process for which you hand off and have internal SLAs so that um, your team is using the tool the exact same way and understands what things mean when they're in a certain state or what have you. Um, so that's kind of how you fix that. You have to actually have a methodology that, that addresses all the things that you guys just talked about and then put it in a system so that um, the system pretty much helps you generate that data so that you know, like, hey, hold on, this person has 80 hours on their plate this week. We need to reprioritize. Or, hey, we're working on things that really have nothing to do with our organization's goals, right? Um, this team is sending us 100 tasks a month for little tiny stupid updates that don't add any value to the organization, but they still need to get done because they're, they're getting in their way of the work. Maybe we need to advocate for more headcount so that there's just one person, maybe an entry-level position where they're just taking care of these little tiny things so that the rest of the team that's more senior and doesn't need to be doing stupid things um, that don't actually add any value or aren't part of our organization's goals, we can advocate advocate for that headcount because we know how many tasks those are. We know how many hours that was. Uh, And we can say, look, other departments, you can either give us somebody else or we're going to keep getting distracted with stuff that doesn't matter and your stuff's not going to get done. So that's why you have to use data to be your guide, like I said earlier. Uh, versus just saying like, we don't have enough people because no one ever listens to that. Right. 
Okay, so we've come back around to this data point. Like, let's like, I will <laughs> break this down a little more because you've hinted, I think, at a couple of things that are in there. You know, SLAs maybe is a piece of it. I'll call it capacity and product. Like, I like the term productive hours. I haven't heard it thought of meant that way, but first, but but I, as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, uh, how could I think about, yeah, how much of the, my team's time needs to be allocated to big strategic projects versus those day to day tactical things that um, I'm not going to use the word stupid because I don't believe that. So there are probably some <laughs> that are really, but there are a lot of things that just, they just need to get done, but they're not, it doesn't require uh, a more senior person, right? They could be done. They, they're relative, like the, the, the risk level is relatively low if there's, <laughs> if they're not done well or the time is not that and that kind of stuff. But like, how, so what are the, like, what are the, how do you, cause you said, you've said, I think well, I'm going to go back to my notes here. That it's marketing project management, not just about systems, it's more about data and data management. I, like, I want to drill into that a little more. Okay. So, when you get, when you do some sort of marketing or uh, project management certification, I've never seen one that actually teaches you how to use software with it. Have you? They're just theory, approach, blah, 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 blah. I see, I right? see, I'll see templates, right? In like, yes. And I've seen yes. it in Asana and Reich, and I haven't used ClickUp, but I'm going to assume that they have a marketing marketing campaign template, right? Yes, right. But they don't teach you how to necessarily in, like put that the methodology or whatever the approach into a system, into technology, leverage technology with it. We use several tools, actually. We don't just use ClickUp. So if you back up, right, I think there's three key roles within any, when you look at project management, right? from an ops perspective, you have the people who are handling tasks. That's every single person on the team. You have the people who are creating the tasks. That's where the data management comes into place, right? That's where making sure that your project managers aren't being lazy, I said it, and not adding time <laughs> estimates to everything. How are you going to get workload and capacity planning if you don't have time estimates? Yeah. And you know how many clients I've consulted with in getting their project management systems set up? And their project manager looks at me and they're like, I have never used the time estimates. Like, how did you plan on doing workload? By counting how many tasks you have? A task is just a task. It's like a thing. It's like a grocery list. You don't know if you've got a big old thing of toilet paper or a thing of grapes. Like, you don't know if you can fit it all in a cart because it doesn't have any context, right? So being disciplined about how you create tasks. Every If you have multiple project managements, project management company, every single project manager has to put that data in the system the exact same way in order for the data to roll up and for you to be able to make decisions. Does that sound familiar in what we do with marketing ops or sales ops, rev ops, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, only we yell at sales only... people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. I think it, I, I think it sounds super familiar. I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to like right size an effort uh, around, you know, hey, you're asking... <laughs> Hartman, I think you called it a medium-sized task, but like, hey, we're going to sort of redo the lead sourcing like structure. I'm like, that's a that's a really that's like a big medium. That <laughs> okay. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. No, no, but we're but constantly I mean, right sizing or right sizing. So, yeah. So, so yeah. As far as data goes, like you have to first start with making sure that the project manager is disciplined and understands what we're solving for, right? Um, having having uh time estimates on your tasks, having, being able to prioritize some systems use priority flags on tasks, um, having start dates and due dates so that you can assign them to sprints and things like that. So that 
you know, when these tasks are getting started. So guess what? When you have a time estimate and you have things assigned to sprints, you know what someone's workload and capacity are. And then when you know, when you have established what someone's uh, productive hours are going to be, because as much as we love to get eight hours of productive time from every single person, that's not realistic. I usually say, okay, we can probably get about six productive hours from somebody worth of work. And yeah. I look at it a few different ways. So maybe we estimate that it takes us 10 hours to do this project. They've gotten so good at it, it takes them six. Even if they got it done in six, like they're still able to produce a lot of work in less time and accurately and well. Uh, and so you want to bonus that person. You want to pay them more because they are killing it. They are getting stuff done way under budget. Maybe this other person on the other team needs that full 10 hours. And that's not a bad thing, but you can now start to like give people performance uh, raises and things like that mm -hmm. um, because they're performing good. But you would never know that without any of this information, right? Yeah. And so I think you can make the argument to like, for those of us that are not so fortunate to have uh, a project manager on our team, which like I am not sorry. I've not worked at a SaaS organization yet on a marketing team that actually had a project manager dedicated to this. Even when I worked at a project management software company, we did not have a dedicated project manager to help manage this stuff. And um, if they did, most of them don't focus on any of this. They're just like, well, we try to, and then like it, it creates a little bit of chaos around like trying to create, you know, project management practices um, within someone who's that's not their like sole focus, and 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 it's hard, right? Because it's not their their sole responsibility. But for those of us that don't have it, um, I could make an argument that. Just like starting with the idea of measuring your ability to complete tasks in general, like, mm -hmm. hey, I have a system. I logged the things, the activities that I had to do in the last month or last quarter. Here's all of them uh, relative to the backlog of additional tasks that I have not yet completed uh, It based on what I've been able to accomplish in the last two or three months. It looks like without trying to size up any of those tasks, and you should, I hear you, you absolutely should listen to Amara on that one, <laughs> but without trying to size up any of them, at least the jumping off point of saying like, all right, I, in about a month's time, on average, I'm able to complete 20 tasks or whatever it is, right? Uh, task that's velocity a is important. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a wonderful jumping off point and then get better. <laughs> And be like, okay, well, I, I sized these and appropriated them in a way that says the reason it was only 20 is because 10 of them were like actually massive, massive like undertakings, right? Uh, and so anyway, just I would make an argument that like you don't have to jump all the way into for those of us that don't have a project manager and you're just trying to figure out and maybe Amara, you disagree, but. For those of us who are just trying to figure this out, like, how do I do some form of project management on my team? Um, start with some of the basics. And maybe, I don't know if that's the basic, but maybe there's something even more basic you could share with us. That's where my head went. <laughs> my approach is, I'll go back to what I said before, don't reinvent the wheel. Mm. If this isn't the fifth, this is, you know, whether you're just generating like a doing a lead magnet where you have landing page, a thank you page, a confirmation email, confirmation email series, like you kind of do the same things each time, do this one type of thing. And if you have your process document, which is annoying, no one wants to document their own processes. No one wants to write it down. 
But if you kind of have like a templated way in which you do it, even if you're not using a system, you know, like, okay, using a template to create our landing pages and our thank you pages and our emails and stuff takes me about an hour and a half to do the landing page, takes me an hour and a half to do the thank you page, takes me whatever, however long it takes, right? You can tell a story for like, this is a 12 hour project, even though you think this is simple. <laughs> and then you have to go and then you have to approve all this stuff. Like I have to send this back to approval to make sure it's right. And then any changes. So let's not, let's not say we'll have this done in three days because it's 12 hour project. Let's give ourselves two weeks because right. it's back and forth and make sure you send me all of these things. So that it takes a lot of work to get to that point, but you absolutely protect yourself. And now you get to the point where you can teach someone how to work with you and work with the marketing team at, at large in the organization. Because a lot of people just don't know. They're just like, well, yeah, let's just do it. I just thought this up. You got you got it done in three days last time. That's a kiss of death. Right? Because <laughs> <laughs> right? so, you did okay. a fast one. <laughs> right. Oh, there's so many things there. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of our, it, could, it could be your own worst enemy, right? Are you, are you triggered? <laughs> just, I mean, so, like, it just brings up so many memories of like being on teams that are lean and mean and efficient and doing the best they can. And then it's just like, yeah, we can't do that. And then somebody gets really mad and they're like, why? It's like, because marketing is hard. Yeah. Sorry. I like, it is hard work. It is not fluffy. Like there's a lot of thought that should go into everything you do. And, and I think that actually, sorry, Hartman, I know you want to jump in on this, but I do want to come back to this idea. Like marketing is hard. You create a system to teach people what it takes to put in a, a strong request so that something can get done. Where, like, do you find that there, there's a place where you can go too far and you make it too difficult? Because like, for example, <laughs> your sales team or whoever is it's putting in this request, maybe it's client success this time. Do they get sort of turned off by the fact that there's like too many questions for them to fill out to give us the right information to go launch a campaign like is there a balance that you have to figure out between like look they can't give us everything which means we actually always have to get on a 20-minute call to figure out the rest and that's okay especially if you're in a remote environment if we need to get on a 20-minute call to figure out what our requirements are so we're not spinning our wheels and having to start and stop our project a million times and if they're just like annoyed because they can't actually answer all those questions Guess what's going to happen during that 20-minute call? They're going to leave that call realizing that they don't have enough information to actually launch a campaign. They're going to go back, not necessarily with the tail between their legs, but more empowered to actually get that information. It's like, and you can guide them. Okay, well, we need content for that. Well, I'm not gonna, I don't know how to write the content. Well, go get with someone that does. <laughs> or, you know, or like, you know, if that's not us, then who is the person that would write this type of content? And so you can at least come up with a plan to get right. all the information together. And it's yeah. like, once we have all this info, we can get a start date and an end right. date for it. But until we have it all and we've kind of got an idea, half the time these requests would just disappear because they're not fully fleshed out and they don't make sense. Yeah. So that 20 minute conversation can save you from having to do half of these stupid projects that never get launched anyways, because they just were never fully flushed out to begin with. But you're already 10 hours into it. She started building stuff out because someone had a wacky idea that wasn't fully fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's I, so demoralizing when uh, you do all this work on something that doesn't actually make it to, to the finish line. It creates line. a lot of friction because now marketing doesn't want to listen to this department because they never have their ish together, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, why doesn't marketing want to listen to us anymore? And we're like, because you don't get your ish together. And it's like, okay, let's all slow down. 
Yeah, like, I here's like that what you having this the word together looks like. Yeah, I like that you always use the word empowerment for the individuals or organizational, you know, departments to feel like they now know what it takes uh, to to come back and 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 do something, you know, that can get done. Um, I also love that it celebrates the like the you know the difficulty that is marketing, right? Like it. it it sort of like educates the market on like, Hey, you know, we, we really, we really do try to think through everything that we're doing. Um, and I know sometimes in marketing ops, it sounds like we're saying no, but we're not. Uh, it's really about just trying to understand what exactly is the, the why behind the request and the how can come after. Um, but it's, you know, those conversations matter, right? I think what we don't want to do is say that what you want to do doesn't matter. I think, What we want to be able to say is, okay, this sounds like a great idea. Let's tell, let's talk about it. Let's see what you're trying to accomplish here. Cause now you start to brainstorm. And now, cause let's have some fun with it. (laughs) Right. Right. And so I at work, I have an agency. And so Mm. for me, I deal with companies that don't know what they're doing. They just see Mm. their peer doing something. They're like, we want to build this funnel. And I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? Hold on. But I don't tell them. They're like, okay, great. Let's have a conversation about it. And they're like, well, do you realize that this company's in this position and has this type of client and does X, Y, and Z? Like, I didn't actually think about that. And has four times your budget. <laughs> yeah. Right. Three times right. the team members. <laughs> right. And the problem that you think you're solving by doing that thing isn't actually, if we really want to solve the project, the problem, get into agile thinking. Like, we could launch this very quick, very easy campaign to test to see if that's actually a real problem we should be solving for versus spending all this time and effort building this huge grandiose thing that might not have the impact we think it will. And so the other aspect of project management that's super important is how do we take this big, huge request and make it a smaller request that we can just get done and it will still have big impact. Yeah. So Aim small, miss small. It's my favorite thing to say. I, <laughs> I, I, there's so many things going in my head here and like I've, I think we're we're going to end up needing to have another conversation. So we had other stuff we wanted to get to, but this is too important, I think. So this, I think, if our listeners are like me, I want to go back to like I'm going back to where Mike actually Rizzo brought up the idea, like, oh, I don't know many places actually has a project manager in place for marketing or marketing ops even. So you know, my what I suspect is out there, our listeners are going, that all sounds great. Going back, defining those SLAs, what do we really need? How long does each of these kinds of things take? Um, I, I think nobody would argue that that would be a valuable thing. What I suspect they're going through is, is like this gut like pain of going like, how am I going to stop doing the stuff I'm being expected to do? Because it's just the way we've done things to stop or slow down to do that work. Right. So how do you, especially if I know like, oh, I'm, st- I'm going to be expected to be sort of the sort of the project manager, uh, the bad guy um, to to go through this just to say, start saying no more. Right. Like, like, I'm just, like that's I think that's what might be playing through some people's heads. So how do you how do you respond to that? Right? How would you. So if I, like, I come to you like this, I love it. I want to do this. You know, I'm I'm excited to try something new. Teach me how to do it. But I really like if I do this, I feel like I'm going to drop the ball on all these other things. Um, I have a few answers for that. Number one, awareness is half the battle. I'm hoping that the listeners of this podcast episode learn some new things about data and project management because I think that's a whole rabbit hole that you can get down. 
um, as far as the fact that you should be managing, measuring what you're doing is from a project management standpoint. And I think when you start to, as Mike said earlier, measure some things, even if it's velocity, like how much you're actually getting done or even just how many requests are getting. Yeah. Like forget <laughs> how much alone. you're getting done. Like just star stuff in your Gmail or Slack or whatever and just keep a list of like, I get 50 requests a day. I get 50 requests a week. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any kind of sense, right? Just start counting something to help advocate for what you need, right? Start there. Start just at least presenting data to advocate for what you need. Now, if you've been tasked with project management and you just realized, oh, crap, I don't have the training. I don't have the tools. Like I saw in your report that folks are using spreadsheets. I'm sorry, what? There's yep. spreadsheets, right? And so <laughs> the number one just... tool for marketing house. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if you don't even have the right tool, maybe it's, we talked about some tools earlier. Let's start advocating for a tool, right? Again, let's go back to the awareness. We don't have a methodology. Let's start thinking about how we want to approach prioritization, how we want to approach having our team communicate on tasks. Like we use our tasks like you would in a call center. One of my many jobs back in the day, I worked at AAA. And so I worked in a call center and you had to make notes. You know, when you call your credit card company, they're like, we're just making notes on the account. So that next time you don't have to repeat your story over and over again, you have to call back in, you know, being able to like leave. We have a very strict protocol for the type of notes that you need to leave on your tasks so that we're not having to have all these trickles. Like, did you do this? What did you do? Like having a project management tool, SaaS, whatever application that you use can make a huge difference. So if you are going from spreadsheet to a system, like acknowledge like you might just need a system to streamline things so that I don't have to sit there and tally every single thing, but actually measure how many tasks we're doing because it'll tell us, right? Um, Again, just think agile. What would be the next thing that we can do to just incrementally improve our current project management situation? Identify the problems you currently have and identify the solutions that you could potentially uh, use to solve them. Find the things that are minimally viable. Start trying to see if you can implement them without some kind of uh, need for approval on some things so that you can at least make your life easier. Maybe the life easier for your teammates and stuff like that. And just know it's an uphill battle. In that blog post that I wrote for for you all, uh, I talked about how there's a lot of change management involved that I think people underestimate when you try to implement some sort of project management methodology, technology, uh, role, because people are going to be like, wait, I've been doing everything my way my whole life, like my whole career or whatever. It's like, now I didn't have this person telling me what. And then once it happens, people love it. So like, oh, I have someone that helps me prioritize. I don't have decision fatigue. So I'm not having to I, juggle this task versus this task <laughs> all I, the time. And it becomes nice. I've, I, at a prior job, I fought pretty hard to get a project manager in because we had just a number of really big strategic projects plus the day-to-day like campaign operations, stuff like that. And part of what my pitch was is like, if you're asking me to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to not do it well because I'm doing it as like a fraction of my time. And I need someone to hold me accountable too, right? So it wasn't just that I was saying, oh, we need project management to hold everybody else. It was like, I'm also expected to do certain things and I'm not getting to them because I'm doing project management, I'm leading a team. Like, so I think um, I am a huge advocate for that idea that I, one of the, I want to see if I'm getting this right though. It sounds like between what Rizzo said, what you said, like almost like start small, 
start measuring something that's relatively easy to measure and then go from there and learn is the underlying sort of implication. Cause I've done, actually this is the way I've done it a little bit is start with the, the small type task requests, right? Almost doing ticket management, like using that as a starting point. Cause it's relatively, usually the turnaround time is pretty quick. You know, it's high, relatively high volume compared to bigger projects. Um, and then using it from that to build up to the next level of more complicated, interdependent kinds of efforts? Ish. I'd say, because um, everybody kind of has a lot of different roles, right? When you're in more senior roles, you don't necessarily have as many menial tasks to do, I'd say. So to kind of address where everybody's at in, in these organizations, and even at agencies for that matter, I think streamlining how you take task requests is a great place to start. Start there and say, hey, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Or, hey, after 12 p.m., I don't request, I don't respond to same-day requests. I'll get to them the next day. Put things in place to protect yourself and protect your time. So that people, you can manage the expectation of people who um, are sending you things and so on and so forth. Um, so that you can take some time to measure it, right? It gives yourself a little bit more breathing room. Um, I think there's a dangerous small task. They are the dopamine that people get from being able to just get stupid little things done all day is just insane. And it keeps yep. people from doing big things. What I would suggest is that calculate all those little things that you get told to do and why your why your brain wants to actually do those things because you get that dopamine rush, you get that like satisfaction of just easy completion. And just say, hey, every time this enters my queue, I am not touching a mission critical task. And use it to advocate to give it to, not to say give it to someone else, but make someone make a decision. Do you want this mission critical task completed or this thing that's actually going to move the needle and change the bottom, affect the bottom line? Or do you want a senior person doing this type of work? Just use it to advocate and make people make decisions with that. That's data. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good mental model. I think that's really interesting you bring up the that dopamine effect of the satisfaction that comes from checking a box, right? Yeah. My to-do list. I, um... I've had a, a number of conversations with the Stack Moxie team throughout my last two years as they've been partners with us. And now I've decided to help them out with some of their advisory board stuff. And um, I, I can't, I swear there's an article about it or something like that that they wrote about forever ago. And one of the points was exactly that. It was like, it's like the satisfaction of like getting the green check mark on something um, that like is, is, um, I think dopamine is a really great way to describe that, right? Like there's this like uh, joy that you get out of it, but like those small things that don't contribute to the bigger picture, it's like, uh Which is why yeah. I said going back to human psychology <laughs> and humans, what people are naturally going to gravitate towards. As a senior person, you're going to want to do those small tasks. Oh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. arguing that you're going to want to do them because they're like, oh, look at all the stuff I got done today. There's yeah. a lot less, there's a, it's a lot right. less gratifying to do a four, six hour, 10 hour task, right? But if you take those tasks and break them down to the ridiculous, kind of like I said earlier, you still get a little more dopamine because you're making a little bit of progress on those tasks. And so again, going back to being agile, I don't like to have tasks that have 10 hour, 18 hour, whatever buckets. I like to break them down as much as possible into one to two hour buckets or one to two hour things. So it's like, I still accomplish this thing and I'm working towards getting this big monster completed. And so when you think like that and you know that that's how your team operates and how they're going to avoid these big chunky tasks, you can project manage 
people's what they're what they're going to naturally do. They might not like that two-hour task, but they're going to not avoid it for weeks and weeks. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. going to at least tackle it when they have a window or at least advocate for a two-hour window. And plus, when you have an eight-hour task, it's like, can someone really be gone for eight hours without talking to anyone? That's like, it's kind of rough. No, right? it's, I, I think I think based on everything I've seen and heard that there is a there is a there's a practical limit to how much time someone could stay focused on a individual thing. Correct. And so that's why when we're like I was just in all day meetings, I'm like completely exhausted from just being just trying to stay focused for eight plus hours a day for four days straight. It's really really hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I, I think we're gonna have to. I want to ask one more question, and then I think we're going to have to wrap up a little bit here. But you've, you've mentioned Agile a couple of times. I have like sort of like physical reaction to that term because I think it's been mis- misused by a lot of people. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But misused or misimplemented? Uh, I, think bo- I, think, I think both. <laughs> I think both. Yeah. Um, Anyway. I hate agile. I know this like this makes Amara cringe. <laughs> I think I hate I agile. Like, I, hate I like I think Scrum as a practice is not agile enough for marketing teams because things change so much. Scrum is great for software where it's like we have a feature we're building, it ships. Marketing is never that linear. Right. Never. Yeah. Right. And so I do think agile planning is important. So explain like, that. Okay, forget, I could I could see where you're going there. Forget. I'm all waterfall all day long. Sorry. <laughs> For our listeners, you should have just seen the look that Amara gave, gave Rizzo. Like, 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 I don't uh, think we could be friends anymore. Uh, <laughs> no. No. So, again, going back to focusing on the objective. Do we need to build this meaty, crazy, stupid funnel to accomplish what we're trying to do? Is there something that we can do that would take less time and be more effective? Thinking, thinking agile, like what is the MVP? What is, what is something that we can do so we can start seeing a result? So before I even take the request, like just bring this, this mindset to the, to the table when you're actually thinking about what it is that you're going to do. Cause you don't have to just be an order taker and just be like, Oh, this part was this thing. Okay. Well, now what is the objective that you're trying to accomplish? Do we need a follow? Like, could we just make a video about what we want to communicate and it accomplish the same thing and send it to the, like whatever? A lot of times there's more than one way to do it to accomplish the same thing. That's where we as marketers can interject our professional input and say, hey, you can spend, we can wait two months to this thing or we can get this out in two weeks. Which one do you prefer? So I, I, you hit on a word that I was good. I, I really like to use the word mindset because to me, this is not about a methodology per se. Like it could be, you could use waterfall. You could use something that's agile or scrum. Like I don't really care what you call it. What I do think is really important is is having that mindset of, okay, someone came to me and they want this thing, right? They want a box and a hundred percent of what they want. First off, they probably don't really know what they want anyway. No, I mean, like, and it's not meant to be like, I don't know always. Like I, so I, I may have a, I may have something in my head, but actually articulating it is really, really hard if it's a conceptual kind of thing. Because people hear words and they, they interpret them differently. Like we just talked about agile, right? I think we probably all have probably a different idea of what we mean by agile. Right? Mm-hmm. But um, but what I do think is having the conversation to go, um, there's a cost to doing all these things, right? So, and there's a marginal cost of going from, we'll call it MVP just for simplif- simpli- simplicity here, right? That maybe it's 80% of what somebody wants. 
but it's going to take another, you know, that takes 20% of the time it would have taken to build a hundred percent thing, but you're learning faster mm-hmm. and you're making it your, and you might find that like, actually that little bit of effort that got us close in the right direction. So I like directionally correct stuff is, is, was good enough. Or we learned and we said, oh, that's not really what we want to do. Or we need to adjust what I. So I think that is the the downside of. Yeah, like that's why I think the mindset needs to be not be about fulfilling every request at exactly what they requested. Because, A, I think that's. As soon as you get a little bit bigger than just the very minute task, right, it, it becomes an interpret interpretation thing. If you interpret things incorrectly then you spend time on something that somebody doesn't really want. And a lot of times to get to what they want, this marginal cost of going from the 80% to the 100% is is a really large amount of time, effort, money, depending on what it is. And let's make that, let's have that conversation and make that decision. Like, let's be conscious, let's consciously throw it out on the table. Like, we could spend 100 hours on this thing and we don't know if it's going to work. We could spend 20 hours on this thing and we think it could work at least this much. We could learn from it. We could learn from it, right? And get it out faster and iterate and improve, right? And I think we have to give ourselves permission as marketers. So you're not saying no, kind of like I was saying earlier. You don't have to say no. It's like, okay, let's help, let us help you figure out what, how to meet this objective. And if they're still hell-bent on doing what they want to do, like, why are you so hell-bent on doing, oh, because our competitor is doing or because they're da-da-da-da, like whatever. And then when they get it on the table, they'll realize it sounds stupid. I'm sorry, I'm blunt. They'll realize it's kind of sounds stupid. It's not really a real reason. And they'll walk themselves off the bridge. It's usually what happens, right? And so yeah, just I don't changing know. the conversation a little well, bit. And sometimes uh, people don't. And that's fine, too. No, I, I feel like so many people will just keep fighting. They're like, no, no, no I swear. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. You know, I think that's okay. But if you go into it and say, okay. I'm just kidding. If you really want to go, that, you know, have that conversation where you say, I think we can get to, we can directionally get towards what you're trying to achieve. Um you really seem like you want to go all the way to what you believe the ultimate vision is um, without making it like learning along the way. That's fine to do that. Here's what it's going to take. And you understand like all these different things that need to come together to do that. The resources, are you ready to commit? Are you going to review things in time? Like all that kind of stuff can then you can have the conversation about that. And then mm-hmm. you start like, okay, so do you still want to do that? If it is, then that means also you're trading that out. Because uh, what do you say? Call it productive hours. We have certain amount of productive hours across the team. If they're all being consumed by this, we're not doing other things. And now you're doing what I said earlier. You're letting data be your guide. Yeah. You're not spacing this on. I just don't want to do it. It's like, well, if you look at it, you, we can't. Or we have the there's trade-offs. Yeah. What co- trade-off are you consciously wanting us to make? So. Yeah, I'm a, such I'm, a good episode yeah i think I, that's just way to, i think that it, that it really encapsulates like to me it's i, I have to bring my friends back are to, triggered friends and family watching listening to this episode right? <laughs> they're just trying to breathe <laughs> i you know I, oh, yeah. I keep i keep bringing back in like i've got teenage children and they want so badly i think to see the world as we probably all did right is it's it's right or wrong um or there's a way to do something or not and i've just gotten to the point where i'm like just about every decision we make, even in small ones, right? There's a trade-off. So you're making a trade-off between something you you could do uh, versus something else you could do. And sometimes they're both good things, but you can't do them both. 
make a conscious right. decision of what we're not going to do. And when you make it, when you put people's feet to the fire and make them decide, it's like, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> how, paint the picture of how you see this happening. Maybe I'm missing something. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so data um, not going to work. This is so. This is like I'm like <laughs> I, I want to just like keep going, but I know we can't. Um, no. So, but I will give you one. Uh, so one last opportunity. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you like? I needed to make sure that the the listeners heard about this that we didn't cover. We covered so much that we didn't cover everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we made trade offs. <laughs> we, 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 we made, we made so trade-offs. many trade offs. We sure we sure did. Um, honestly, I think the one thing I want to admit or just acknowledge is that you're not crazy. You're not alone. Don't feel like you're inadequate because you can't figure it out. Our industry, this is a very broken part of our industry. And we took it upon ourselves to fix it and help other agencies and help other marketing teams figure out what we figured out along the way because we have better things to do. We need to get cool stuff done and keep growing and iterating because the industry is growing so fast and more and more is expected of us every day with less resources, right? We don't time to like sit there and it took us five years to figure it out, right? And so- you're not inadequate. You didn't, it's not because of lack of education. It's broken. There's, there's no place to learn all of this. I've been doing this for 15 years. So I've taken all my experience and I spent a lot of dedicated time trying to figure it out. So the one thing I want to leave you with is you're not an idiot. You're not alone, but there is a way to fix it and start by advocating for what you need. And, you know, hit me up. I'm always, you know, down to get whatever, help whoever I can. Cause it was a huge problem for us that I just had to figure out. There just had to be a way. And right, so, well, so let's, let's go there. Like if, so if people do want to hit you up and they want to you know, learn from you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, uh, I love LinkedIn. Uh, you can Amara, what Amara reps.com, A-M-A-R-A-R-E-P-S.com. Uh, yeah, just reach out and, uh, we, I have some webinars coming up on project management and for marketing teams and stuff like that. We do provide support to agencies and uh, marketing teams as part of our operations. Uh, what we offer for operations as well. Fantastic. And I think we'll need to make sure that we put um, some show notes, Mike, in with the link to the uh, blog post that Amara did just recently. And this is for the listeners who might be coming up on this later. This was, we were recording this and publishing in October of 2022. Yeah. That blog post actually hit our announcements channel in Slack and then uh, Amara fixed it and then it broke the link. So it was actually her fault, but then it was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) There was a typo. I'm so sorry. But it's great because you know what's great is everybody in this community will tell me when I do something like that and I break something. Um, so they told me the link was broken. We fixed it. So we'll have go. it in the show notes for you folks. No problem. Nice. Well, Amara, thank you so much. And Mike, thank you. Uh, all our listeners, thank you too for letting us uh, invade your personal space and, you know, put it ear, you know, get in your ears and your head. Uh, thanks for supporting us. And if you have other ideas or suggestions for, for topics or guests, uh, always feel free to reach out to Mike or Naomi or me. With that, it's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everybody.